2: Your
3: host Beth Ann. Oh, happy Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to Common Sense Talk Radio, CSC Radio. Larry is here with you. Beth Ann is on a well deserved vacation, and it's so good to talk with you on this Tuesday morning. Excited to have you with us. Feeling good. You know, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little insider secret here that I've learned at CSC Radio. And maybe Beth, maybe it's not insider, maybe Beth Ann has said it. Uh, before, but that song, you know, she sings along. She feels it. She gets into it. And Rudy just pointed out that I wasn't singing the song. And, and Rudy needs to know there's like numerous restraining orders against me singing in, in, in church, everywhere. I, I just, it's, it's just not allowed. It's just not, it's just not a part of the law. So glad to have you with us today. You know, I am, uh, if I wasn't feeling nervous yesterday, feeling in for Beth Hand, who always does an incredible job, they decided to amp up the nervousness today and bring in my boss, Daniel Turner will be joining us here in a little bit. But before we get into that, you know, there are some things I want to talk about. And we've, we've seen, uh, kind of an exquisite example over the last 24 hours. And, and I don't want everyone's eyes to glaze over too quickly, but I, I do want to point out that, you know what? I believe our government's too big. I know it's a radical position to take, but It really is turning into a position that the left really doesn't understand. And let me just tell you the point of reference. You know, over the last 24 hours, we have seen the FBI. We've learned the FBI was looking into Catholic churches, looking for domestic extremism. Their words, not mine. We'll talk about that. And congratulations. Did you hear Joe Biden yesterday finally ended the COVID emergencies? Congratulations. And you know what? And if you haven't heard The government not only wants to take your gas stove, but they want to take your gas-powered car, too. These are all things that the government is reaching out to do. And by anyone's definition, it has grown into this massive, unsustainable behemoth. For all the talk that the Greenies have about things that are sustainable, they never worry about their bureaucracies. They never worry about their paychecks. They never worry about all the things that they are forcing upon the American people, whether or not those are sustainable. You know... One of my favorite quotes, you've heard it, but I'm going to say it again, was from President Reagan. And he told us, Republicans believe every day is the 4th of July, but the Democrats believe every day is April 15th. That's apropos, right, as April 15th really approaches. And I used to think, you know what's that's uh, that's the Gipper, that's just a, a, a clever little quip. That's just a fun thing to say, and, and you know, it gets uh, the leftists riled up, so it's fun to say it. But as I think about it more, especially over the last 24 hours... I'm wondering if that wasn't more of a warning. We see the IRS bulking up with thousands upon tens of thousands of people that they want to have work for them to be IRS agents. Meanwhile, our military is begging for people to join, maybe because, I don't know, the Pentagon's more worried about pronouns than projecting power. It's hard to find people to join up in our military, and those are the aspects of government that I think we can largely agree that we need right? We need police officers. We need to honor our police officers. They're the ones who are making a difference for us. We need to honor transportation workers, the roads that, you know, get us to where we want to go. Totally understand. We certainly, absolutely need a military to protect us. And I'll, you know, I'll even get a little controversial. I'll throw in, you know, I like getting mail. Mailman's okay. That's all right too. But there's no question Where our government has grown beyond that. And I can say this to you with, with perhaps more authority than a lot of folks can because pains me to say it. I once was a part of the bureaucracy. I'll say the temporary bureaucracy. I'll, I'll, I'll try to absolve myself a little bit by saying that. But yeah, I was, I was a part of government agency and work for eight years. And I have to be honest, I tried really, really hard. I tried really, really hard to do what the people wanted to do. And I'll be the first to say, in government service, there are absolutely some wonderful people. And those wonderful people are the minority. They are absolutely the minority. I worked with people who, if they held one meeting a week and it was on their calendar, they felt, well, I've done my work for the week. They get every single holiday off. They get a whole bunch of paid time leave off. And and they are growing. The behemoth is growing, not just in Washington, but in state houses across the country. It is growing. And I'll be honest and say it up front, when we proposed that our agencies take a 5% pay cut. Now, keep in mind, nobody likes budget cuts, but especially government. You would have thought that we asked them to chop off an arm. Now, I get it. If someone comes to me in my house and says, hey, we're going to give you a 5% cut, I hope Daniel's not listening, we're going to give you a 5% cut, then I'm bummed out a little bit, and I said, okay, well, we're going to cut back on cable, we're going to eat out a little less, 5% not fun, definitely doable. And government, it is insanity. People who have never worked a day in their life will all of a sudden protest. They will show up. They will say how everything that is so essential and so critical that government does Well, that 5% will just be cut off, and it it, it just will never get it back, and the world just may come to an end. Well, lo and behold, we have some examples, just within the last day, of massive overreach of the government that screams that things need to be cut back. For them, every day is April 15th, and that's becoming more of a holiday than the 4th of July, and it's a problem for our country. And so I've already talked too much. I want to welcome in my boss, Daniel Turner. Yeah, that's the intro I give you, DT. That's how it's it's gonna be today. I hope you're having an okay Tuesday out in the farm. Oh, it's great to be on this show. And uh, you're not Beth Ann, but
1: you are a worthy substitute. And I'm glad she's able to take a vacation. So I'm writing for that having down, on,
3: Larry. <laughs> I'm writing that down. You said worthy substitute. Going in my my next my next employee evaluation it 's great to to talk with you as well. you know you lived in the the washington d c area and and saw the fun and i 'll use the term very loosely of what happens in the behemoth that is washington d c and if you wouldn 't mind why don 't you talk with us a little bit about you know what you witnessed there and the if if it was effective uh, say it was effective but i I think it was more ineffectual government in and what you saw in the behemoth that is washington dc yeah
1: i mean we're going almost 20 years ago that i worked in in the bush administration and um what i witnessed then was was an enormous size of government and it has grown a lot Uh, obama added about 30 percent more um the biden administration wants to add even more so the size of government you absolutely nailed it uh the size of government is is absurdly large um and completely ineffectual. Uh, you know, sometimes throwing more bodies at a problem doesn't make the problem go away. It's just exacerbated. There's a reason why they say too many cooks in the kitchen. Yep. Um, but you can't even say that about government because they're not cooking. There are just too many bodies in, in the <laughs> kitchen, um, all just causing trouble. One example that I love to, to point out, which is apropos to me now that I have a farm and and obviously the many listeners to CSC who are farmers, um, there are a hundred and 10,000 people who work at the Department of Agriculture. And they estimate that there are about 2 million farms in America. So that means every bureaucrat only has to manage 20 farms. So I always want to know who my bureaucrat is. I've never met this person. <laughs> but, I mean, who who are you, and how come you haven't come say hi? I get all of your mandates, right? I get all of your requirements and all of your regulations, and you must comply with this by this date. I've just never met my bureaucrat. So if you're listening, you know, swing by, say hi. The farm, come <laughs> Are say you hello. sure?
3: Are you sure <laughs> you, want to, you want them to swing by? Your your point is exactly right. And, and we know it gets more nefarious than that. You know, I, uh, I'll, I'll speak quickly because I hear the music. But when I worked in state government, there was a state legislator that said, you know what? One governor wanted my vote on the bill. I wouldn't vote on it because it wasn't good for our state. All of a sudden, the Environment Department shows up to my farm. And I don't get approval for water tanks. And it was clear, once I signed off on the bill, they'd get their approval for my tanks. That's how nefarious it is. Hey, we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Great to have you with us. CSC Talk Radio, Larry filling in for Beth Ann.
4: Elmer Heinrich here to talk about minerals. Most people are aware
2: our topsoil is depleted and our foods, especially fruits and vegetables, lack many minerals compared to years ago. Maybe that's the reason the world is sick. Now according to Dr. Linus Pauling, our bodies need 60 minerals every day but on average we get less
1: than 12 minerals from the foods we eat. Immuno 150, an incredible nutritional supplement that can fill the gap because It contains 70 colloidal plant minerals and 80 additional nutrients, 150 in all. A month's supply of Immuno 150 is available for $54.95 by calling 888-310-5252 or on the website Immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. The 70 minerals are the key to good health and longevity, so call 888-310-5252. You'll be glad you did.
3: You're listening to CSC Talk Radio for a Tuesday. Larry Barron's filling in for Beth and So glad to have you with us and so glad... Just for all you do, we know you're out there working, you're out there producing, you're out there doing the things that make your community, your state, and our nation great. And we're so, so thankful for it. And speaking of people that work to not make things great, we're going to talk ...about the FBI and how they've been in our churches and want to re-welcome in Daniel Turner from Power of the Future as our guest as well, Daniel, and, and get your reaction to, to some of these stories. I think I have one. I, I didn't get the, the sources for them, but I think one was Daily Caller one is out of the Post. And what happened yesterday was Jim Jordan, a congressman from Ohio, he is the chair of a new committee that they created when the Republicans took over this last January. It's the Weaponization of Government Committee. All the things where the Democrats use government to come after citizens, that is what this committee has investigated. And what they've discovered is that the FBI, hold on to your hats a little bit, sent undercover agents into Catholic churches to investigate those parishes for domestic extremism. This is what Jim Jordan said in a letter to the FBI director. He said, quote, We now know that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis and that the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith pause for effect and that's what is going on right now and and we can go through you know we have the story here the leaked memos about ukraine and all the concern that's causing we could talk about that but let's just be honest at the same time the fbi was looking into people of faith is the same time we were losing documents and memos that are critical to our intelligence community for ukraine That is where the FBI decided to focus its attention. And as more and more and more of this comes out, it is turning into shocking information. And it brings up first, there was a leaked bulletin from the FBI field office in Richmond, Virginia. It was earlier this year. It identified Catholics who attended Latin Mass as potential domestic extremists. And what does that mean? Well, according to some reporting, it means... The investigation was initiated after the leak of the memo and suggested those groups who prefer Latin mass are at risk of anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQ, and white supremacist ideology. They threw the whole kitchen sink in there, didn't they? Everything. They just decided, we're going to go undercover at the churches and we're going to ask the clergy to start informing on their parishioners and we're going to look for domestic extremism in that way. Now, keep in mind, when Garrick, head of the Department of Justice, which oversees the FBI, went before Congress, he said he was appalled by the memo. And that's not what we do. We super-duper peaky promise. That's not what we do. But this is when we talk about government overreach. And, you know, I, I understand some of you may be shaking your head out there and saying, Larry, didn't you just say we need police And I think there's a huge distinction to be made here. When you have a police officer, county deputy, state police officer, they're living in your community. Their kids go to school with your kids. Their community and the well-being of it is tied to their well-being just as much as it's tied to yours. And it's a much different outcome than when you have the heavy hand of Washington coming into your church. So not only did COVID shut down your church and prohibit you to go, But in some cases, when you were able to go back, they decided that the government needed to look at you because of domestic extremism. Daniel, I don't know about (laughs) that's the the most awkward asking for reaction I've probably ever done, but this is part of the work that the house is doing and it it reflects, I think we're starting to see just how deep the tentacles went. And I, I don't know if, you're shocked or surprised. I'm both. I, I I think at the same time surprised and not surprised.
1: Yeah, and, and also disappointed. I think you raise a great point, though, which is necessary for, for clarification. Um, you know, one of the concerns about the FBI being a federal police department is that its officers are not embedded in the community doing local policing. I think the point that you raise is so essential. Your local cop, your local county sheriff. I know the local county sheriff. And it lives down the road. Um, they have a vested interest in protecting the community because it is their community. But when you have this federal police office, which is what now the FBI has become, it doesn't necessarily uh, investigate, Clearly, it's not investigating drugs, look at our drug problem. Um, it's not investigating some of the other heinous crimes we have, like section human trafficking, because those have all exploded in the last couple of years. But when you have this federal police department that is used to protect government from what they see as a potential threat, whether it's uh, moms and dads who want school choice for their kids, whether it's uh, Catholics who go to Latin mass. I mean, you just identify the qualifier. If, if some political ideologue at the FBI determines that's a threat, well, that's where the resources go right now. And it is, it is not surprising. It's incredibly disappointing. Um, but it, it's not the purpose of what, what the FBI should be doing, especially when we have all of these really egregious crimes happening on the regular in in our nation um and and you know for merrick garland to pretend that he didn't know this is the stuff that gets under my skin uh, you, you ever, no one has any idea what's happening in their departments right uh, every cabinet secretary is always amazed and appalled that x y or z happened under their watch and you just wonder what these folks do all day it goes back to the first part of our conversation they don't really do anything um and and so bad things are happening Yep. Uh, because no one does the job that they are assigned to. Um, all of our cabinet secretaries seem to be chasing race and gender ideologies rather than doing the boring job of being a secretary.
3: You're you're absolutely right. And, you know, a, a question that I would have for, for Secretary Garland, thank goodness he's not on the Supreme Court as President Obama wanted, is who got fired over this? If yeah. it's wrong, if it's appalling, if it violates constitutional rights, who got fired over it? Which goes to another part of the government behemoth. It is impossible to fire people. I mean, in my experience, uh, this is going to sound insane, but it's absolutely true. In my state government experience, not federal, in state government experience, we would have people that would be accused of some pretty terrible crimes, and we could not fire them. The only way we could fire them is if they had used up, no joke, all their paid time off And the judge did not let them out of jail. And so we could fire them for not showing up to work. Not the fact that they had a DWI that killed five people. Not the fact that they were accused of some terrible crimes against children. We could only fire them if they had used up all their paid time off. And if if they had it, they could use their paid time off while they're in jail. And, and it is the, the growth of the behemoth that they, they cannot be fired. And Daniel, it gets back to, you're absolutely right, accountability. I mean, you and I both remember in the last administration when President Trump had the, the crazy idea, according to the Democrats, of moving one agency out of Washington, D.C. with the crazy idea that, you know what? You should have to face. He was, I think he was going to move to Grand, was it BLM? I think he was going to move to Grand Junction, Colorado. Mm -hmm. and they all protested his the employees protested how dare you make us go out there and live with the people we're impacting our decisions how dare i mean when we go to starbucks we may see them and that (laughs) and 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 that is the issue that the the disconnect has never been larger yeah and and that's this type of government
1: that that we don't have anymore and that i miss Uh, last time i was on the show with beth ann i I said one of the things we should be doing is we should be encouraging all of our members of Congress as we get into the warmer weather in spring and summer, we should be encouraging to have those town halls again. They all stopped during COVID, Um of course, and now we know, thanks to President Biden, the COVID pandemic is officially over. Um But Congress hasn't wanted to resurrect that because they don't want to talk to constituents. They don't want to talk to the people. The people have questions and issues and sometimes they're angry. So, we just put up these fake protocols, whether it's COVID, whether it's security, um, and that way you don't have to face your constituents. And it's the same with the bureaucracy. We don't want to be in contact. Again, I don't. I would love to know who my bureaucrat is at Agriculture. We don't want to actually talk to the people. We don't want to have a relationship with them. We just want to pass policy and lord our authority over them. Um, you know, the the, the 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 Catholic Church thing with the FBI. I have a hunch is gaslighting, and I think it comes down to the Dobbs decision. Um, After that decision, all of the violence that we have seen as a result has come from the pro-abortion activists, and if you're an abortion militant, you can't have that, so you have to start gaslighting the people saying, it's the pro-lifers who are the, the threat. It's the pro-lifers who are the danger. And I have a feeling that that's what that operation was about. It was about trying to create a false narrative in a gaslighting operation that that the world is a, is a dangerous place because of the Dobbs decision. Because the pro-lifers, you know those pro-lifers, if they can't abort, if they can't protect babies, then they'll kill everybody.
3: Yep, you're exactly right. The reporting says they're action was based on far leftist sources and definitions strangely it was wrong hey speaking of gaslighting, we're going to talk about all the gas appliances that they want to take out of your house i'm larry behrens filling in for bethann daniel turner's here with me we're glad you're here with us too thanks for joining us csc talk radio we'll be right back
4: When I think of bringing America home, I think of family sitting around the table. As a young girl, it was my job to set the table. Setting the table meant tablecloth, plates, drinking glasses, and the flatware, which had to be placed correctly on the respective sides of the plates. Regardless of the time of year, sitting down at the table is an American thing to do. It's great family. Liberty Tabletop can help you set your table. They are the only flatware manufacturer in the United States of America. Using high-quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. All that and with competitive prices. When you order, use the promo code Beth Ann to receive 10% off of your order. Visit libertytabletop.com or give them a call the old fashioned American way. 844 386 2338. That's 844 386 2338. Use the promo code Beth Ann and receive 10% off your purchase. Let's set the table and bring America home.
2: They also work to protect their members' interests legislatively at the local, state, and federal levels. Get the shield that protects you, your animals, and your property. Join the Cavalry Group today. Call 855-748-4210 or go to their website at thecavalrygroup.com.
3: You're back with us here on CSC Talk Radio. Larry Barron's filling in for Beth Ann. And I, I have to say it again. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I, I uh, hope Beth Ann's having a great time. I know I'm having a great time on the radio. Rudy's uh, keeping me in check here and making sure I don't mess up too, too bad. But, you know, we still have to have the show here. So give me some time. Give me some time. Also joining today is Daniel Turner with Power of the Future. And it's a story that uh we at the Power of the Future, you know, it, I'll, I'll speak for myself. It just warms my cold heart to see this. This is from our uh good friends. I say sarcastically at the Associated Press. There was a poll done by the Associated Press and the Energy Policy Institute at the University of Chicago. I had them in my final four bracket, didn't you? No, I didn't. It shows the Biden administration plans to dramatically raise U.S. EV sales could run into some resistance. It looks like common sense is winning out again. They found, ready for this? 19% of U.S. adults say they are very or extremely likely to purchase an electric vehicle the next time they buy a car. One, nine, 19%. About half say it's not likely they're going to do it. (laughs) And so after all that's been done, let's just talk about it for a second, right? You have $7,500 tax credit if you buy a new EV. That is supposed to help you deal with the skyrocketing cost of electric vehicle versus a traditional gas-powered car. You have mandates coming in from states, and Joe Biden is working on them as well, saying, you know what? We can't have certain type of emissions or this many type of emissions from vehicle. He's not saying I'm banning gas-powered vehicles, but he's just banning the emissions of them, which he knows de facto bans gas-powered vehicles. And we've all seen what they try to do, right, with the gas-powered stoves. They said – They were going to do it that they said they weren't. And lo and behold, now they are again. This is something that once again, from the green movement, they say it is so amazing, so awesome, so wonderful. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to force you to buy it. It is a product. I mean, no one had to force me to buy my iPhone. I don't know why Joe Biden is trying to get me to force it. I'm just kidding. Of course we know why. There's some blind pockets moving along the way. and And the good news is, it's all our tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen. So I know, Daniel, you're probably among the 19% there on the farm excited to buy an EV.
1: <laughs> I often tell people that the more you dig into electric vehicles, you realize, though it may be fascinating technology, it is inferior machinery. And, and at the end of the day, your car has to perform a, a machine function. And, yes, you want it to be comfortable and stylish and, Heated seats are a luxury in the bitter cold, et cetera. But nothing is more important than the machine doing the the actual job of a machine. And EVs don't accomplish that right now. Now, they may one day in the future, but they don't. So the fact that the government has to force them on us by not just giving these absurd tax rebates to, to purchase one, but by also basically banning its competition uh, shouldn't have you scratch your head and say, huh, there's something here I don't really like. It's kind of like the vaccine. Like, not only are they free, but now they're compulsory. And and not only are they free and compulsory, but if you don't get it, you can't cross state lines. It's like, well, if they're so great, why do you have all of these mandates on us, right? So the EV thing is, is very telling. And the American people are not going to be easily duped. Um, especially when it comes to still laying out tens of thousands of dollars, right? Your average EV is still $60,000. So, okay, now yeah. it's 52500 with the credit, but that's still a lot of money for someone to lay out for a machine that does not do the job that a $20,000 machine does.
3: Daniel, I mean, with interest rates so low right now, thanks to the buying economy... <laughs> Why not drop $100,000 on that Lightning Ford F-150? I saw a YouTube video. It's amazing. It can go as far as 85 miles in between charges. And those charges are now down to roughly three hours. I don't know why we would not put the earth first. You know, it's good for the earth that you have to wait three hours to fill up your vehicle and can only drive it halfway to where you want to go. It's It, it may be inconvenient for you, but it's good for the earth. And that is, in a nutshell, the the green argument. And it's really interesting that right now it, it just hasn't taken off, right? There is always, it's Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown it is always the elusive in the very near future Everyone's going to be driving an EV. We're going to have so many green jobs. Oh, that's right. Barack Obama said that. And we're still waiting for that to happen. And and it's fun to look at this right now because according to that survey, only 8% of U.S. adults say they, and and this is how they got it up to 8%, right? Because if you asked actual EV owners, it would be much less than 8%. Only 8% of U.S. adults say they or someone in their household owns or leases an electric vehicle. 8%. Is where it's at yeah. with, with all the tax dollars. And so, I, and that's what, what got me at the end. When we look at the tax dollars, I figured out I already own an EV with the tax credits that is coming out of my wallet, your wallet, everyone's wallet. We all already own an EV in some way. We just don't get to drive it because Joe Biden has declared that he's going to send money to people who want to buy EVs, which by one study showed the average household income of those owning EVs is over $150,000 a year. So clearly, in need of a of a tax break when they buy their vehicles, it for is a toy. for a toy for for a yeah. toy don 't wrong, they look cool and 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 you know my kids it 's tough because the kids look at them like oh there 's a tablet, and you don 't have to drive it and i 'm like, "Well, you guys yell at me about using my cell phone it is an in, <laughs> it is it is an impractical tool, and to get to the more serious side of it right now, we have to be honest about what this does to poor families. poor families cannot afford these type of vehicles and when they're the only ones on the lot what are they going to use to drive around in and not only that the metal for the batteries i mean you need six times the metal for an ev vehicle that you need for a regular internal combustion vehicle and where does that metal come from daniel because i know you know this well
1: yeah it's all mined in in either in communist china or in mines in, in somewhere else in the third world Uh, controlled by communist China. Uh, And and it goes back to the first two segments of this wonderful show, the overreach of government. Only a government, only Washington, D.C. could have a solution saying, hey, gas is expensive right now. Well, the solution is buy a $60,000 car, right? Only Washington, D.C. does that type of logic make sense. And that's what the Biden administration is saying. Gas prices are high, folks. Buy a $60,000 electric vehicle, and that will solve all your problems. No wonder why we're $32 trillion in debt with that mentality.
3: And, and let me just, you know, I, and, and this is where you may want to put on your tinfoil hat and we'll talk with Larry, but not, not too much a little bit. Let's just be honest. These cars are connected to the Internet on a regular basis. Now, what does that mean? That means maybe if you want to update, or maybe you've said the wrong thing on the Twitter, if you're lucky enough to still have a Twitter account, maybe your car doesn't charge as fast. Maybe it doesn't go as far. And I know you think that that may be crazy, but let's just be honest. If you take a look at Citizens in Colorado, I believe it was last year or the year before, when it got hot, everyone who had a Wi-Fi connected thermostat, yes, those cool-looking ones that learn and that you can have with the app and that you get a sweet credit from your utility for having, They overrode them. They did a manual override on 20,000 Wi-Fi thermometers that made it because the grid wasn't producing enough energy because the sun and wind weren't working as they should, I guess. So you could not turn up your air conditioner. You had to keep the heat high. The screen on those Wi-Fi thermometers literally turned orange and said mandatory override. You think they wouldn't do that to our cars, Daniel?
1: yeah well a story that didn't get a lot of publicity not long ago um elon musk who you know i have a
3: mixed relationship with well i'll tell you after the break yeah sorry i led you right into the break i'm so sorry dt i'll i'll get it All better good but, but that story and more coming up in the last segment larry Barron's filling in for beth and grateful to have daniel with us today grateful to have you with us as well see you soon
2: Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for companies that stay with us through thick and thin and pain. Join us as we celebrate the companies who support this nation. Support CSC Talk Radio. Our All American Market page hosts companies who are now affiliates and sponsors of CSC Talk Radio. My Pillow. McCall's Candles, Liberty Tabletop, and there's more to come. Whether you contact them via website or by phone, you have to use the promo code Bethann. These companies have endured the economic storms of bad trade policies and U.S. regulations, and they have earned your business. They take pride in their products. So visit the new webpage, csctalkradio.com, and click on the All-American Market button. That's csctalkradio.com, All-American Market button. And always use the promo code, Bethann.
5: That's
2: 800-613-8053.
3: And we're back. CSC Talk Radio for a Tuesday. Larry Barron's in for Beth Ann, who will be back tomorrow, sort of. She's got some special shows planned for you the next couple of days and uh you know what if they continue to make wild decisions here i may just be back with you on friday that's uh that's may just how it works out i'm having so much fun you better
6: you better be back here on friday (laughs) (laughs)
3: it's the only time rudy's chimed in We're talking also with Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power of the Future. You can find us at powerofthefuture.com, by the way. And, Daniel, I, I led you into the story about Elon Musk, and then we, we had to go to break, so I want to let you jump into that a little bit. Hey, Daniel, you there? Okay, well, uh, Dan,
1: that. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Um, it's, it's, I thought it's, I defended you already. <laughs> it's the story that didn't make a lot of news Two years ago when it happened But it is telling about The technology of EVs um, Elon uh, had an employee at Tesla Who was making YouTube videos That he didn't like uh, All about Tesla And he didn't want this happening He told the employee to quit The employee uh quit making the videos The employee said, no, I can do what I want It's my own personal time, etc And so one day the guy went to drive to work and his Tesla wouldn't even let him in Um, and then he finds out that when you buy a Tesla you actually buy the machinery the the metal but the technology Tesla never really surrenders and Tesla can virtually lock you out of your vehicle if necessary and that's what Elon did and and he I thought to try to bring it into some legal action But no, actually, Elon was totally within his right. The the technology of using the vehicle, you don't actually buy. Um, So to go back to your point, Larry, of saying the concern we would have of EVs being uh, ubiquitous, well, the the point you raised about those folks in Colorado who had their thermostats overridden by the utility company, saying, hey, we're not producing enough electricity, so we're going to not let you have AC tonight. Well, that's it. that should scare us to say, well, can they do the same with your electric vehicle? Of course they can. Um, if they don't like what you've been doing or saying, or they don't like the fact that you're on CSC Talk Radio, um, they, of course, can can uh, not just track you, but maybe they can limit your, your movement. So when I said earlier that EVs, if people knew uh, all of the story about what an EV is and all of the drawbacks, they would be a little hesitant to buy it. That, for me, is one of the biggest ones. Um, You can say what you want about the combustion engine, um, but when I have a full tank of gas, I can go wherever I want, and I'm pretty much free. If I have an EV at any moment, Elon, or someone who works for Elon, just like those people at the FBI who decided to launch their own investigations, someone who works for Elon could determine maybe you don't get to drive right now. Um, And that surrendering that level of autonomy should scare us as a as a free American citizenry.
3: I mean, I, I aren't we fear a little bit, Daniel? I mean, there's no way they'd ever, like, lock us out of churches or delete our Twitter <laughs> accounts or kick us off of social media or hide a whole story. Okay. Yeah, they've done all those things and worse. And so, well, this is going to be the most awkward segue ever. I'm going to go with it. But in a place where they love their EVs and they love their Whole Foods, well, I guess they'll just have to keep loving their EVs. In San Francisco, I and, and let me just be upfront by why I'm sharing this story. It just warms my cold heart when liberal policies come home to roost. I'll ask for forgiveness later. Trust me, because everyone should be treated nicely and kindly. But this is the result of liberal policies. A recently opened Whole Foods Market in San Francisco closed down its doors on Monday over growing crime in the downtown area. Closing down a Whole Foods market in San Francisco is like closing down a casino in Las Vegas. It is what they need. It is what they do. And the grocery store chain uh, shuttered its flagship location uh, just over a year after it opened. The company said rapid drug use and growing crime led to its decision. No surprise. They were finding syringes and crack pipes in the restrooms. Apparently that's not good for, you know, customer service. But here's the part that really got me interested here. I'm going to try to read it uh, as without giggling as much as I can. San Francisco's District 6th supervisor, which I assume is a city councilor for San Francisco, Matt Dorsey, so he represents the area where this was closed down, said he was, quote, incredibly disappointed but sadly unsurprised, end quote, by the Whole Foods closure. He goes on to say he's drafting new legislation to ensure the San Francisco Police Department is fully staffed within five years. He said, our neighborhood waited a long time for the supermarket, but we're also well aware of the problems they've experienced with drug-related retail theft, adjacent drug markets, and the many safety issues related to them. This is the councilman for that area who's saying, I'm not surprised, it's pretty lousy down there. That they did that. And this is liberalism coming home to roost. And and, and they make it so that there's, there's no point of return, right? And so you've defunded things. You've done terrible things, turned this city into a garbage dumpster in many areas. And it is, uh, by all other accounts, a beautiful, wonderful city that has now been turned upside down like many of our cities have. Just like EVs, once you go down that road, your internal combustion cars are gone. You can't get them back. Once you surrender your home thermostat to them, you can't get it back. These are things for really when there's no point of return, this government behemoth comes in, and when they mess up, they mess up big.
1: Yeah, and it's great to see the left one and east its own. It's very similar to this week as NPR is laying off around 40% of its staff and everyone who's getting laid off is accusing npr of racism and sexism and homophobia and you say if there is a more a liberal organization out there it's npr um, but this is what happens when you embrace the left when you embrace leftist talking points leftist ideology it will eventually eat you um, and we're seeing that on the university level we're seeing that on the corporate level right now look at silicon valley bank and whole foods is the latest victim uh, whole, whole foods i'm sure If you ask its executives, they support all of liberal San Francisco's policies. But at the end of the day, they like making money. And when they stopped making money, they didn't like the liberal policies that much.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and, and let's be honest, Whole Foods, as we all know, is Jeff Bezos. That's Amazon. Right, and that's uh, two-day shipping and everything. And so it's not uh, a small mom-and-pop store that, like, have been closing in San Francisco for years, but now that it's their, their Whole Foods and they can't get their locally sourced guana or kale or whatever it is that they have there, then all of a sudden, well, golly, now this really hurts. The city's been hurting for a long time. It just now affects them, and that's what they're worried about. Daniel, we got just a little bit of time left. Where can folks find you? And uh, um, you have a big appearance next week.
1: Yeah, I got to testify next week before House Ways and Means Committee on some of the things we talked about today. Should be a good time getting grilled. But yeah, PowerTheFuture.com, And it's always great to be on CSC. And it's great that they chose you as a uh, worthy substitute for Beth Ann.
3: Well, thank you. Again, I'm writing that down. That will go in my next evaluation. Great. Always great to talk with you, DT, whether on the radio or not. And always great to have this audience with us. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you for keeping our communities great, keeping our country great. It is a thankless job. And I know you get demonized from the left. And I know it seems like the tide is too high for all of us sometimes. But what you're doing makes a difference. It makes a difference for our country, our families. Please keep doing it. Know that we're grateful for it because you're helping us bring America home.
6: Or send email to Beth at cseTalkRadio
0: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets, but up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I've finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert. The Nile River and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else.
4: The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. And like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168. And use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping.
5: Do we lack enthusiasm and understanding of the word liberty? Do we weep for liberty which we have lost? Or do we simply not understand the substance and sacrifice for which we were once privileged? Liberty. Webster defines liberty as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's life, behavior, or political views. Today we seem to want restrictions. Government micromanaging our lives? But do we realize the cost? Alexander Hamilton once stated,